want us to get from today's message is identity theft. You see, when God gave me this word, I immediately remembered that movie. Because not only did he think he was okay and everything was well, he was also not enjoying that which he could have been enjoying. In that movie, when he sought out this woman and he found her, then he saw all the things he could have been enjoying. So this woman was spending his money and she was living life to the fullest. She was enjoying things that even he never dreamt of enjoying. And this was using his identity. If we open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 7. It's just someone saying, I have seen slaves on horseback while princes go on foot like slaves. And do you know what he said? If you look earlier on, he said, this is evil. It's an evil. So he was saying that he has seen an evil where the prince is walking while the slave is on the horse. What does that mean to you? You see, most of us here, we're living the lives of slaves. Even though God has called us to be princes. At times we even think we're living fine. We're like, oh yeah, I've got a nice job. I've got this. Chaka gave that amazing testimony, level two to level six. But what, God is, what is God saying you should be? What, what has God written about you? Well... I want us to look at Acts chapter 8 from verse 26 to 29 to 39. So Acts chapter 8. So this was about Philip. It says now, so Philip had done, he, I think they just finished some sort of revival. And while he was still resting from that, the spirit of God said to him, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. You see, there's a version that I want, I think, King James Version, New King James. The Spirit says, go near that chariot and overtake. Go near it, overtake. Some translations say, go join yourself to that chariot. You see, if you read the whole passage, you notice that after he had taught this and explained the Bible verse that this person was reading, the person then gave their lives to Christ. At times we are trying, we're trying everything. We want to do that which we've been told to do. We want to win souls. We're trying our best. We're handing out all these pamphlets. We're talking to people. Oh, please give your life to Christ. Da, 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 da. And we're wondering why one, why we're not confident enough to do it. And two, why are they not listening to us? I think here the answer is in this Bible passage. It says you have to go near join, implant yourself, establish yourself. So wherever you find yourself, God is not expecting you to be one foot in, one foot out. He wants you to go there and establish, 
own the place. And then the second thing he says is, you have to overtake. What does it mean to overtake? To dominate, to rule. When Solomon was saying this, I was thinking, what does it mean? Why is it evil? You know, if the slave's tired, then the slave's tired, right? And maybe the prince is just a good guy. But then I understood that, no, it's the bigger picture. There's a reason why a prince is a prince and the prince has got certain resources and certain things because that prince has been put in that place, in that position to influence and make things work. Now, if that person who's meant to be putting things together, putting things in place, is not doing that, what happens to the others? Everything starts to fall apart. Why is it that in this country and also all over the world, things are happening and we're like, what? Kids are stabbing themselves. What? It's because we that we've been put as princes, we are not doing that we should be doing, what we should be doing. We're not in that place of authority. We're not dominating places where we should be dominating. So we're busy working and walking like slaves. We're working hard, long hours. We're pursuing things that we shouldn't be worrying ourselves about. Even at work, you can tell senior management, they're not interested in, oh yes, I've sent out that report. No, you just give it to them, controls, boom, this, boom, they sign it. Because what they are looking at the strategy, they're looking at things from the top view, making sure everything is working like clockwork. That's really what we should be, what we have been called to do. So I was looking at the definition of dominate. And the first time dominate was used in the Bible was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. All the earth. God has called us to have dominion over everything. Are you having dominion over everything? What does dominion mean? I looked at the dictionary meaning. It says to have power and influence over. As I'm talking to you about this, I want you to be thinking about your life, wherever you are. Remember I mentioned the chariot. So now I'm referring to where you are, where God has placed you. So start thinking about it. Are you having influence over? Second definition, it says, be the most important or conspicuous person or thing in. So not only do you, are you meant to have influence, you're also meant to be that person, that key person that makes things work. That person that if you are not there, they will know you are not there. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. If you lose your taste, what happens? You get thrown out and men will trample over you. If you're getting messed up, why? just think about it. Why am I getting messed around at work, colleagues, friends, social setting? Because you're losing your taste. You've lost your identity. Someone else is taking your place. Someone's stolen your identity. Someone else is living the life that you should be living. The third definition, it says, have a commanding position over to command. I remember this show I was watching. It talks about you don't take command. Command takes you. <laughs> 
So you, you are meant to command dominion. And when I'm looking at what the Bible says about me, I don't just look at what, all, you know, I believe in Paul, I believe everything, but I also like, I'm always quite interested in what God himself has said or what Jesus has said, because I know that God is not a man that he would lie. Not the son of man that he would change his mind. So I know that if God has said it, has he not said it, he will do it, right? So, if we open to Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20. Who said this? So this, this Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Who said that? Yeah. He said, all authority. He's given them all authority. So not some authority, not with a caveat. Well, this, this. He says, I'm giving you all authority. Take So where, where are you? Think about it. Are you discipling or are you a disciple? Now, it's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a disciple. We're all disciples, right? But where God has put you in, remember I keep saying the chariot. So where you are meant to have established yourself, where you're meant to be dominating. Are you the one who's being influenced? Are you the one going, oh, I don't want to tell them I'm a Christian. Oh, I better take that thing. Oh, I better do that thing. Oh. Or maybe I should do it, you know, because they're doing really well and I'm not. Just keep thinking, because and as you're thinking of areas of your lives where you're not dominating, where you feel you're not doing that which God has asked you to do, I just want you to just write them down. Because we're going to take actions. We're not just going to do this and then go home and forget about it. No, we're actually going to do things about them. You see, if we look at Luke 4, 17 to 19, now this is what we've all been called to do. And how old was Jesus when he read this out? Does anyone know? How old was Jesus? Jesus just came. Can you imagine how confident that guy must have been? He just came. He opened. And then he looked up. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Next, please. Verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is what we're meant to be doing, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is who we are. This is our true identity. So who are you to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord? Who are you to set free the oppressed? That's where you need to dig deep. You need to look in the word. What's the word saying? What is God saying? I need you guys to do your research because if I tell you, 
then you write it down, and then you go home, and then you forget. You'd be like the seeds where the things of this word then came and choked. You know, the ones that spring forth because they've heard the word, they're buzzing, they're like, ah, they run out of church, and then things happen, and they forget. No, you have to go home, write down those things, places where you're thinking, okay, I should be dominating in this area, but I'm not. I should be doing this, but I'm not. And then go and find and look for what the word of God has said concerning you. I wrote down some examples because I want you to understand the depth of the word of God, the importance, what your true identity is. You see, there are times when we say, I can't. Oh, I can't. I'm teaching Maya, my little one. I'm saying, when she says, I can't do it, I'm like, try. I say, mom, can you help me? Can we do it together? I don't want you saying I can't. What does the Bible say about you? Yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. The Bible also says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Also says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me it would quicken my body do you know what that means quicken speed on common speed the things you'll be doing there's some translations that says it will give life to your mortal body the second one it says people say oh i'm afraid oh i don't know i'm afraid about tomorrow what does the bible say it says for you do not not have the spirit of fear but the spirit of love of power and of a sound mind. You've got the spirit of love. Go around loving. Sunday school, we're talking about forgiving and forgetting. Forget, just love. <laughs> love. And the spirit of power. You are powerful. When we were taking the confession, oh, that was buzzing. It's always good to have a henchman, right? I've got Baba. <laughs> When I want to feel hyped, I just go to Baba, Baba, I just like, Baba, I'm like, oh yes, and I start buzzing. I've got ideas where I was telling her, when I ring her, the way she's just, ah, I just, everyone needs that. You see, some people, they take drugs because they need that. They, they take that high, that's not really a high. But God has given us his word. You see, you want to fill yourself so much with that word that even when you're going through things, you might not be able to pray, but because that word is rooted in you, established in you, grounded in you, you will manifest that word. You will generate that energy and you work, you work and walk in the word. Something else that people say is the day is running away from me. Some, some people, I've heard people say, oh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. What's the right side of the bed? What does that even mean? You know, we're so used to saying certain things that we, we start to love it. We even love the way it sounds. Oh, today, I'm, I'm just not feeling it today. Feeling what today? <laughs> Create. Look, at, let's go back. You know what? God is our father. If you think about what happened, so the way God started, so in the beginning, in terms of dominating, the way, when he called us to say, oh, have dominion, and then man fell, right? And then Jesus came to reestablish that, to say, no, this is who you're meant to be. 
So if we look at the things God does, we can start to see how we should be acting. In the beginning, what happened? The Spirit of God hovered over. Right? Generating that energy, that activation. And then what happened? God spoke, let there be light. What happened? Create your day. Don't listen, at times, right? Because life happens. At times you cannot prepare yourself in the morning and you run out. But when you remember, go to the toilet. I've done it so many times when I'm flustered. I'm like, and then what do I do? I lock myself in the toilet at work and I start to create. When I say create, I'm saying everything. Your father is a creator, right? I'm saying everything. You speak to the weather, weather, you will work for my good. You speak to the transportation, listen, don't even try it, National Rail. You are not going on track today. <laughs> everything, you're starting to think, you're creating your day, the way you want your day to go. Some of the things I like today, I, I go, not unto me, O oh Lord, but to your name be all the glory. And then I start to speak. Even before I go into work, it was Pastor Mrs. that taught me this. Just stand. People see me standing. They'll be like, why isn't she going in? They're like, oh, going past me. I'm like, lift up your heads, all you gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, he who is mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, all ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of the glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, it is the glory, king of glory. Then I just walk in. <laughs> the people are thinking, oh, Elizabeth, what's happening? Why are you so good at this? I do not boast in myself, but I boast in Christ. Create your day. Don't let your day run away from you. There's something else that people say. They say, oh, I, I don't see where I fit in. I can't, I can't see where I can add value. Oh, they'll do okay without me. They'll be fine. That's just you being lazy. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, it says, the world, the creation is groaning, labor pains. Do you know what labor, okay, maybe you don't. But <laughs> let's just say it's painful. So the creation is groaning in pain, earnestly waiting for you, waiting for you to manifest, waiting for your manifestation. So how dare you tell God that you cannot add any value when the creation is waiting for you to come and dominate? They are waiting for you to rule them. Rule. No, I'm not saying you should rule because, oh, yeah, so you can drive that Ferrari. No, I'm saying you should rule because God needs you to rule. You are the light of the world. You are the city that has been set upon the hill that cannot be hidden. Something else people say. People say, oh, yeah, I may not have the looks, but at least I've got the character. How dare you? Don't you understand? Don't you know what the Bible says? I wrote a few things. The beauty of God himself. <laughs> Don't you understand? Go outside, look at the trees, look at the flowers, look at the birds. The beauty of the Lord God himself is upon you. You are fearfully, wonderfully, marvelously made don't know about you but the bible says that god skillfully sculptured me 
crafted me, developed me in secret. I'm not making it up, it's here. Psalms 139.14 God skillfully sculptured us that we might show forth his praises. So how can you say, oh, I'm not beautiful? There was something my brother used to say, and then I used to laugh at him. It was like, I'm a paragon of perfection. (laughs) No, but yes, you are. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Because when you don't know who you are, someone will steal your identity. Someone who is not beautiful, who hasn't got the beauty of God in them and upon them will now be the one influencing you, selling your stuff on YouTube. You'll be running around chasing, going to buy, oh, let me buy that Mac product. Maybe I'll look better. No. You should be dominating. (laughs) What I want us to do is I want us to think about areas of our lives where we feel we're lacking, where we feel that we are not being who we should be. And I want you to start to speak God's word. The word of God is life. It's life. You speak the word of God to that situation. We're going to pray. We're going to pray this morning. The part I want us to pray for is this Second Samuel chapter seven. Second Samuel chapter seven from verses eight to sixteen. So we'll take each verse and we'll just pray using the verse. But before we pray, I want you to think of these promises, these words, do they apply to you? You see, these words only apply, like I said, after the fall of man, what happened? We lost things, didn't we? And then Jesus came. You see, you can't gain access to these promises without Jesus. So if you're not born again, or if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, I want you to just start talking to God. Just start pouring your heart to him. Be open. Be sincere with him. I always say to people, be sincere. Don't try to be who you are not. God loves you. God made you a vessel unto honor to bring forth glory, his glory, his light. So I want you to speak. And just say, Father, Lord, I come before you this morning, this afternoon. Please heal me, cleanse me, fill me afresh with you, all of you and none of me. Let people see your spirit of excellence in me. I repent of all my sins and lay them down at your feet. And I put on your cloth of righteousness, O Lord. Take over my life in Jesus' name. Now, can we rise to our feet as we pray from 2 Samuel? It says, Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I want you to start to declare that wherever you are, 
where God has called you to be a ruler, where God has called you to dominate and you're the one who is being ruled over. You're the one who is being bullied. You're the one who's being subdued. You can't even say things because then they'll say, shut up. Begin to declare that Lord will free you, that Lord God Almighty, Yahweh will release you. He will stretch forth his arms and he will pick you out of the murray clay. He will cleanse you, wash you, equip you with all the resources you need, the strength you need, the grace you need, the confidence you need, that he will fill you with his spirit of excellence to rule to rule, to show forth his grace, to show forth his light, to show forth his praises. Verse 9. It says, And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you and made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Let's pray that wherever we go, that God himself will go before us. Wherever people say our name, some of us, we've changed our names. I'm hearing King when your name is Ade because, you know, when they see Ade on your CV, they might not call you. No, no, no. Speak, start to declare wherever your name goes, electronically, written down, whether someone is speaking your name, that God will give authority, that the host of heaven will back your name, that wherever you go, whatever you do, that the Lord God himself will go before you. He will go with you, that your name will be great, that God will make your name great. That God will cut off all your enemies from before you. I'm not saying kill them. I don't know how God is going to do it, but he will do it. He will cut off your enemies. Even if it's to make them at peace with you, even if it is to move them to another place, he will stop them. Every obstruction, every oppression, every limitation, God will remove them in the name of Jesus. Verse 10. says, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in the place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore as previously. Let us pray that wherever we are, that God will plant us there. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Let's begin to declare that wherever we are, that it will yield its best to us. That it will yield the best, the fatness, the richness, the fullness of God. That it will yield to us. Let's begin to pray that we will dwell in our own place. That we will own our own places of authority. Let's begin to declare. No more will you be oppressed. Who is that person oppressing you? Don't you know that the Bible says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what the Lord has got planned for those who love Him. Begin to reveal the greatness of God, the fullness of God, the beauty of God, the excellence of God. Wherever you are, start declaring, start praying. Verse 11. 
I want us to, you can read that, but I want us to focus on this part that says, also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. It's like, what does that mean, making you a house? God will establish you so much that you will become. You become that place that's a shelter to everyone. You become that place that generations from generations to generations will go to as the source of their help. You become a true ambassador of Christ. Just pray to God. Say, Lord, Father, make me a house. Make me your house. Make me a house in my generation. Verse 12. Okay, so this talks about what happens, but let's go all the way to 15, 16. So verse 15. It says, But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, who I removed from before you. Let's pray that God's mercy will not depart from us. God's mercy, God's goodness will not depart from us. Let's pray that whatever we do, whatever we might do, that we'll take God's mercy away from us, that God will not let us go there. We spoke this morning about the rod of correction, that Lord God will guide us along the right path, that his mercy will be there, enduring, enduring, enduring. Verse 16 says, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever. Your throne shall be established forever. Your generations, generations, your children's and children. Do you know what this prayer point means? That God should establish me and my children forever, my generation. It means that if you're not married, you will marry. It means that if you're looking for the fruit of the womb, you will bear kids. That's what it means. So just begin to declare and I pray that Lord establish me forever. Establish my generation forever. That forever and ever that we will endure, we will prosper, we will rule forever. That our throne, that you Lord will establish your throne in our lives forever and ever. Now, I want to show you a secret. You see, what we did not read is verse 5 of this passage. If you go back to verse 5, you see, I always like it. I love it when people tap into the word of God and then it works for them. Because I said, God is not me. Okay, I didn't say it. The Bible says it. God does not lie. Don't you understand? God honors his word above his name. This is the name that when we say, at the name of Jesus, every knee will pop bow every tongue will confess now God is saying that he honors his word above his name so let's take that word and look look at what he says here he says go and tell my servant David thus says the Lord would you build a house for me to dwell in and then from there all these other promises then came so God is asking you today would you build a house for me to dwell in Will you commit yourself to me? I want you to think about what you can do for God. God doesn't need it from you, but it's that love 
You see, the Bible describes David as the man after God's own heart. Because he was always looking for ways to please God. I want you to think now, what can I do to please God? How can I give myself, give my finances, give my time to God? And I want you, I'm asking you, to commit yourself. Why don't you commit yourself today? And say, God, I will do this, this, and this for you. I'm chasing after you. I am seeking after your heart, Lord. I know you've given me all these promises. But I'm seeking first your kingdom. And I know everything else will follow. Lord, as I give this seed. As I make this commitment, this oath to you, Lord. Establish me forever. Myself, my generation, we will dominate and rule forever. We shall no longer be oppressed. We shall no longer be bullied. Every limitation, every depression, every sadness, every theft of our identities. The Bible says the Lord will restore unto you that which the enemy has stolen. The conquerors, everything. In sevenfold, ha, skevo shataribo setele prosenteribos. Lord, we exalt your holy name. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your word that brings life. Your word that brings light, Lord. We hold on to your word, Lord. Father, we're princes because you've made us to be princes, and we take over. We're royal priesthoods, holy nations, Lord. And we hold on to your words, Lord, and we begin to manifest from now henceforth in the name of Jesus. Wherever we are, we will show forth your great light. And whatever we do, we will show forth your excellence. Ha. The Bible says that the people saw Daniel and they could see the excellent spirit of God was upon him. We speak that excellent spirit. We call it forth now in the name of Jesus. We declare that wherever we go, that we will show forth the excellence of God. That people will see us and they will see the greatness of God. The glory of the Lord God will encompass us round about. Whatever we say go to will go. Whatever we say come to will come. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name we've prayed. Amen.